Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello and welcome to the Success Showcase. I'm your host, Eric Lopkin, with the Modern Observer Group. And with us, as always, is Chip Janiszewski from the Happiness and Success GPS. Chip, how are you doing this week? I'm doing great. How about you, Eric? Doing fantastic. You know, we are now hitting May. We are one-third through the year. So it's a good time to start looking forward and going, all right, what else are we going to accomplish this year? So what have you got that you're working on? Uh, vacation. <laughs> vacation is good. Yes, my wife and I have our 45th anniversary coming up this year. So in two weeks, we're heading to California for a couple of weeks. But now the um, rest of the year, looking to do more talks and so on and so forth and just spread the positivity around. So, um, But it's really cool that we're here already. So, But we have a really... Nice, fun guest who's really a new acquaintance of mine, even though he's been around the chamber world and the West Hartford chamber for a long, long time. Um, but he joined our board of directors in West Hartford about a year ago, and uh, he has got quite an extensive background in commercial printing and a lot of other things. He's very involved in um, ecology. He actually has a presentation, um, a website that he works in Rhode Island and so on. And um, we got to talk a lot uh, a couple of months ago when we were in West Hartford uh, for our holiday stroll at Christmas time when the windshield degree was, was about 10 below. And uh, we were talking about nice places where Bob lives, like Rhode Island. So, Bob, welcome to Bob Carr and tell us all about your career and uh, where we are now. And then uh, we'll just have a nice chat. Bob, take it away. Sure. No, thanks again for you guys. Thank you very much for having me here. I really appreciate it. Uh, I listen to your podcasts and uh, love the I love the positivity and the, what what you guys do with uh, just the different topics that you cover. So you know, we'll start you know the newest stuff first. I'm uh, the managing partner at we-hot.com. So we-hot.com with the hyphen in there to separate it out because in West Hartford there's weha. We put the little hyphen in to separate ourselves off from just the weha itself. And uh, we're a hyper-local news website, been in business about, I think it's been nine years. We have, we cover only West Hartford. Oddly enough, the, and there's only 65,000 folks who live in West Hartford. We have 150 to 200,000 unique visitors every month to the website. And we have 300 to 350,000 total readers um, at the, on the website in a, in a given month. So we're, our, our reach is beyond West Hartford. I kind of think of West Hartford and as a uh, what Hartford used to be, kind of the downtown of the area. Uh, it's a it's a lovely town, great 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 people, and we love covering it. So that's been about the last nine years. During the prior to that, and during some of that time, I've been a commercial print salesman for um, close to forty years, and that was an interesting career that I loved. Um, that it had. You're, you worked with the folks who were designing and creating the product that you're printing. And it was just a blast to be part of that, to be part of the creative process. So that was kind of the, the beginning of it. 
things changed about 10 years ago, 12 years ago on that. And uh, I stayed in it till I retired in uh, December of 2021. So that's kind of my quick, quick overview of my background. Nice. So, you know, as a commercial printer, you obviously saw major changes in that industry. And of course, over time, you had to adapt. Tell us a little bit about what you saw changing, how you've adapted. So um, very early on, the the process was what would you call a mechanical or an analog process. So, you know, for folks who, who don't know a lot about printing, I'll try to break it down to terms that are less uh, uh, wonky. So we, we used uh, mechanicals, uh, which are analog. We took, uh, we took either transparencies, which are basically slides, and or reflective, which is basically a photograph, and took that information, converted it into dots, converted that those dots onto into film, specifically film that was made for the printing process, to plates, and then you ran it onto paper. So I tried to make that as simple as possible. As time went on, I got to be very much involved with the changes in the industry, probably around 1997, 98, more digital came in. And I became, I, I love the idea of the changes that were happening in the industry because an offset press, back it up a little bit, were around since the early 1900s, weren't used a lot. They lit the, uh, there were a lot of letterpress out there, but the offset press was really invented in, I think, the late 1800s, early 1900s. So the technology if you were a pressman in 1930 and walked into a print shop today, the press would work the same way. How the material got to the press, how the plate got on the press, how the paper maybe gets to the press would be slightly different, but the actual cylinders, you would know what it was. So the change in the late 1990s to a uh, digital formatting, which really was a game changer for the industry. It was a negative impact uh, for the offset side, but it was a, gave you the customer, gave the customer an opportunity to, not have to buy so much print material they could they could change it more quickly and more cost effectively so for me i'll go back on there a second i think i drink water here sorry what i did was i kind of locked into a few things um direct mail because even if you don't need a brochure mailing a piece of material to someone's home gets it onto their kitchen table it's more effective or than, say, email. It's more effective than digital advertising. It's just more expensive. And that's where, the, that's where the, the downside is. The postal service, the cost of postage is expensive. But the actual fact of mail, it works really, really well. And that's where I kind of made kept, I stayed um, successful, I guess is the right word, over the decades by, by honing in on the things that were cha the changes in the industry that were positive as opposed to saying, oh, lamenting the fact that I'm not doing books anymore, I'm not doing big brochures anymore or annual reports anymore. They were gone, you know, and, that's, and they're never coming back. But there are things that were coming back. And there was mail, variable data prints, that kind of stuff, which was um, just a new age, just a new age. Yeah, I remember back in the 90s, I was working in advertising. And when I started as a creative director at the ad agency, we were still putting everything together by hand. So we had to put together the letters, paste, paste everything down on, you know, on board, take a stat, put it on the stat camera, take the film from the stat camera, send that over to the publications. I think it was only about 
three or four years later, over the course of my career there, we had already switched over to everything was being created digitally. We didn't print anything. We were transmitting it electronically right to the publications. Gave us more time to do the ads, but it was an amazing trans, you know, transition, switching over from doing everything from paste up to doing it all digitally. Absolutely. Um, there was a lot of shakeup in the industry, specifically for folks who were the pre-press people. They were called strippers. They worked with the film. Uh, camera people who took who took the created the halftones, took the images and split them down into dots. Uh, just all that went away. With the positive thing that I mean, I felt bad. I feel bad for those folks who that happened to. Some of them transitioned and they learned about digitally and they went and they became pre-press operators. But one of the things that it did was on the offset side, it really leveled the playing field so that uh, a small printer could compete with a large printer because the quality of the work would be the same, very much the same because the presses were, that was the, the back before digital, when you were still doing things mechanically in, in an analog format, the quality of the people that you had really determined the quality of the output on the press. But the once you got once you got past that once it became all the Apple created the marketplace for digital, and uh, really kind of blew it as everybody else out of the water. Once you had those pre presses that were digital, you then had a much smoother work process, and you had a much more consistent printing process. And uh, frankly, printed materials today are by far much better across the board. Than they were 30 35 years ago you it's just not the same the quality of the work today is phenomenal and it's all based on digital oh sure and the you know the change to digital opened up the industry so much because if you were a publisher you had to guarantee you were going to sell thousands upon thousands of copies just to be able to afford the print run but in the 90s, as things switched to digital, you got smaller publishers coming out that they could afford to do more experiments, to do different topics that maybe would only appeal to a specific niche that previously were was not affordable or you know, cost effective, but now could actually be done well. Absolutely. Absolutely. I um I see a lot of small small books being printed, even in inside industry. If you're in a, uh, yeah. I did a work for uh, a law, Connecticut Bar actually, and they produced a number of small books that they wouldn't have been able to produce, you know, because the audience was, as you said, limited. Right, you have a limited number of people who need to read this material or would be interested in the material, and it was very interesting to see that transition in, on so many levels, where you weren't locked into you know, buying a hundred thousand of something because of the cost per piece, you could just produce a thousand um, on the, with the digital digital equipment out there. And even on the on the offset presses, the co the cost of getting that first piece off became a lot less expensive with the advent of a digital workflow. Yeah, it's kind of so. I, for myself personally, I never really wore, lamented the loss of what had gone by. I wasn't one of those guys who worked on the pre-press area who was a stripper or a camera person. So it wasn't like, it, for me, it was what was off the end of the press, what came out of the end of the equipment. And then you, and then delivering something new and unique to the customer who had not, hadn't realized they could go that route before. 
Yeah, and obviously um, how you deal with customers has changed over the years too, because when you first started, uh, obviously there was no internet and it was all face-to-face -face and phone calls, starting with rotaries and then all that other kind of thing. And um, you know, along with digital came the internet. So obviously the marketplace for all print has expanded from local to worldwide, if that's what you wanna do. And um, obviously it's been an amazing uh, you know, upsurge of everything there. But obviously with a, with a small uh, company like you have, but with the dynamic town that we have in the town of West Hartford, um, I would imagine, and I'm sure that your um, viewership and people hitting your site went way, way up as the popularity of West Hartford did from people moving out of physical locations like New York City and so on and so forth to telecommuting and with West Hartford being a destination um, really worldwide, I mean, especially in the US for people wanting to relocate here. So tell us about what the last couple of years have meant for you. Oh, yeah. So when we, start, we started, we started on a kind of a, a string uh, budget and it, it took a while to, to gather some steam. So to your point, you know, as we got were better known, became better known, we kind of grew with it with the um, the public relations aspects of the town, where you have the best school systems and you have the you know the all these different um, uh, excuse me the, the just the availability of being able to walk through that downtown and walk in and, and walk the streets and enjoy the restaurants, enjoy the arts that are available there. You know, over the last three years, actually, COVID was a positive for us. It really created a, a space where folks knew they could come to our site, get really solid information, get it without any, you know, political leanings one way or the other, just provide the information to the population of West Hartford and allow the folks who live there to make the decisions for themselves it became a very very good site for folks to show up come to and and understand what was happening in the town from a, from the government standpoint from the openings and closing standpoint was excellent to to what you were saying earlier once that happened you know, again we have 300,000 folks who who come to the site there's only 65,000 people in West Hartford and that includes babies that includes children. That includes, you know, I mean, not everybody has a phone, right? Nobody has, not everybody has a lot access to the internet. So I, I, I believe that West Hartford is now like the cent, it is a city that is suburbs sit around where we, we, one time it was Hartford, but you know, the, the fact is the move out of Hartford to the suburbs changed the dynamic of Hartford, but it definitely changed the dynamic of West Hartford. And now we have folks living in the Valley outside of West Hartford and they see us as like they're downtown, right? You know, there are people from Avon, Simsbury, Farmington, Newington. You know, Newington has a nice downtown, but coming into West Hartford for, for, for meals, for shopping, for entertainment, it's all there. And uh, that, that change did happen about three years ago. So how did you get involved with WeHa.com? Uh, that's a sales story. Um, so... Weha came out of the 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 change from patch AOL patch. AOL patch was a national organization, and they had a great idea to build out these hyper local news sites to kind of fill in the space that newspapers, weeklies, and um, and dailies kind of had lost. So they put all this money in and built out this all this infrastructure. And because they were corporate, they they weren't making enough money. They were, I think they were making money, just not enough money. They pulled the plug on almost everything. 
kept the name patch because they put a lot of information and money into that, but really pulled everybody else out. So Ronnie Newton, our editor, and Kosick Makati, our sales manager, and uh, my partner, both partners, they went to walk over to Tom Hickey at uh, WH Media at the time, now 2020 Media. He has a, a magazine. Um, and just chatted with him about starting this day, like a, a regular news site, specifically for daily coverage of West Hartford, running a newsletter three days a week. I happened to be sitting there, and this is, I owned previous businesses. I had a, I owned a printing company. Um, I had another company after that, that actually failed. And now you guys talked about failure before and how you deal with failure. That failed spectacularly. And then I, another company came out of that that was successful but had a limited run. And I just looked at them and said, well, who's going to handle like the management of the everyday to day? And I'm the only one really in that room who didn't have another job. And this, I had a print sales guy, but I, you know, I had free time during my day that I could give to this. I, I ran my parents' company's books. My mom taught me how to do books on green ledger sheets back in the early 80s. Um, I'm very familiar with finances in our company, uh, the one I owned that failed and the one that succeeded. So I said, let me just, I'll handle the finances and um, I'll throw a few dollars in and I'll be your fourth partner. So it's kind of how it all happened. I just happened to be in the room and just said, I'll do this. And if you guys are interested, I'll be your partner. So you just saw the opportunity as it unfolded in front of you. Absolutely. That's exactly how I ended up there. So, so other than, you know, for, for those of our listeners who are not in the West Hartford area, not familiar with WEHA, other than hyper-local, what is the focus of WEHA? What do you cover? All right. So one of my... Uh, I'm, on a, I'm on a, a mastermind group, but you guys would call it a publishing group. And one of the folks there defined it as our 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 business it, our uh, business is journalism, but our how do you put it? Our mission is journalism, but our business is advertising. So, in the, on the journalism side, we cover uh, like t Ronnie was up till three o'clock in the morning. I think it was last. Thursday night to, to, to publish a story about the town budget. So we cover the town budget. We cover the schools. We cover the event, uh, the town council. That's frankly, nobody reads that stuff, which is unfortunate because so much effort is put into writing good stories about the budget, about the school systems, about the decisions that are being made at the town level that we are putting that information out there. And it is not our most read material what gets read and what we cover you know west harford is a a great small city and i think we reflect the quality of the town itself that the, what we write about are the positive things that happen in the town and make sure that those things are well are well known bad things do happen in west hartford but we just don't we will write about it we'll cover it but we're not making you know, not making that a, a breaking news story unless it really truly needs to be a breaking news story. We don't get a lot of breaking news. We're not trying to sell bad stuff. We will cover it. We'll make sure you know about it. But at the end of the day, there's much more good that's happening across the country, not just in West Hartford, in small towns and in small cities that people should know about. And that's what we cover. Yeah, you do a wonderful job covering, you know, the businesses in town, the uh, High schools, things that are going on, and uh, there's there's a really 
it's, it's just, it's a great thing to, to read every day. I mean, you have your little headlines as far as different things going on. And most of them are really, really good. Obviously, if there's something going on that's happened, you got to, you know, you got to keep that a little bit in coverage and uh, weather issues and street closings and all that other kind of thing. I mean, it's, you're a great resource there as far as what's going on in town and what to look out for. But on the other side of things, if you just want to read about all the great things that are going on in town, it's right there and it's in the headlines every day. I think, again, I think believe truly that we reflect the quality of the community, the things that are in the community that are, you know, exceptional. It's an exceptional community. And because of the critical mass of the number of people who live there, you, you, you know, you get a lot more value, I think, as a as a uh, person who owns or lives or works in West Hartford than you would in a smaller town out in the middle of, you know, Litchfield County, where is where I used to live. Um I think there's a great value to the town itself and it, it lends itself to, to a whole bunch of stories, whether it's in business, whether it's business, whether it's what's happening on a local street or if, or if you have a, a sewer line back up, you know, we're going to, we're going to let you know that that road is closed or there's problems on that street. You know, we're going to cover it. Um, but we're not going to dwell on that particular problem for three or four days because we get more clicks. We just don't do it. You know, we're, we're really more about the, the, the quality of the overall, the overall, how the town is perceived. Now, obviously, these hyperlocal websites have taken over where very small dailies and weekly newspapers used to be. Where do you see this going, though? Have you have you guys been exploring different technologies, uh, distributing your news through social media or SMS texts, or you know, what's next for it? That's a, that's a good question. I, I, frankly, we, what's working for us is our newsletter, which goes out three days three days a week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday via email. Uh, we have a huge following on our, our Facebook page. Uh, we haven't, we've discussed sending things out on text, but a text is almost, um, from, for, uh, for us, would be intrusive because we're now, we're, we're taking, you're not coming to us, we're coming to you, right? We're not, yeah. we're, we're, and that's going to be, yeah, go back to breaking news. We're not throwing out a lot of breaking news because we're not looking to get for clickbait. We want to give you something to come to us and read our stories. But there are other news organizations, and it's fine. Mm -hmm. They're going to send out a lot more email. They're going to send out some, you know, a, a more texts. If I'm interested in a particular baseball, football, basketball, hockey team, I'm a New York Rangers fan, so if, if the text came through to me and tells me the Rangers are playing tonight at 8, that's going to be of an interest to me. I get a lot of you contacts, but you know, but I'm not. We're not going to do that for news or for what we're what we're producing. The industry itself, it, there's a there's a lot of folks like us, people who were work for either Patch or work for the local newspaper, and and either they were let go or the paper closed or it got bought out, which is unfortunate. Many of these newspapers are being bought out, bought out by. Either larger chains that are just kind of just as we've seen with the Hartford Current, kind of being pulled apart, and then somebody comes in who's a, a private equity firm and kind of just keeps the name and doesn't provide you with the type of coverage that they previously had had done. The, the the reporters leave, and good reporters want to find a place to put their news, their information, and they're building out these sites. So there's a lot of them across the country, um, and they're and it's 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 a growth industry in the sense that more and more people are turning to th these hyper-local sites that are nonpartisan 
that give them the news that they can read and go on with their day. And I think that uh, we're finding is, so I've been in, we've been part of the Lion, local independent online news organization for almost as long as we've been around. And you see that transition to these solid newsrooms that people are building out and creating real community, real news in their communities. Fantastic. Yeah, I mean, you've seen changes going on. I mean, obviously, you started out in print, you moved online. What do you think about what's going on now with the changes in these industries where you have, I mean, there's been a lot of talk about AI lately uh, with chat GPT. There's been a lot of differences you know as a printer you were talking about direct mail the u.s postal service is doing a lot more with every door direct and introducing their own print products what do you think of how all of these things are moving forward from a i have a, actually a whole uh, excel file listing all the ai products that i can run across out there to make sure i stay on top of them a little bit anyway so AI for um, for us, for news organizations, we have this conversation almost every Monday. We talk about it. You know, it, it is a positive. It creates an opportunity to spend your time on more uh, important news or more important products. So if you, we could take this conversation right now, and I think I can't, I can't remember which one it is, but one of, one of the, one of the, the uh, AI programs that are out there will take this conversation well, you can tag each of our names and it will give you a complete readout of this entire conversation. And you can just go ahead and go right through it. There's an editing program, same thing. You go right through it. If I say um a lot or if I you know, lose my place, you can you know, take that out and eliminate it from the podcast. And it's, uh, it's a, there's, it helps folks like yourself manage your product and your service. Now, can it be used for evil? Absolutely. <laughs> You know, it can be used for evil. As far as the print side and the direct mail stuff, in the post office has to come up with a way. This is personal opinion. We didn't create the U.S. Postal Service to be for profit. Actually, it was created. This is not personal. This is not personal. This is actual fact. It was created to deliver the news inexpensively from the cities, Philadelphia, New York, wherever, back when Ben Franklin started it, out to the hinterlands. So the lowest cost mail was always going to be your 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 news. It also the postal service funded through delivery of mail. And it's a little history lesson. I'm sorry for this, but the 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 train the U.S. train system, the U.S. railroad system, they that was a huge cost to move mail. They paid the freight literally to get those trains moving. Same thing with the airline, with the airport, air, uh, uh, air service, the U.S. air mail. The, the the fact is they've been maligned for political reasons and without people really understanding the positive history that they've had and the positive effects that the U.S. Postal Service has had. So for them to go out and do their own thing, more power to them. They create right because they you know they've created the society that we live in using the mail, and um, it's it's something that they should be applauded for. Right. Well, we are just about at the end of our time. 
So if somebody wants to find out about news in West Hartford, where can they find WEHA? Go to we-ha.com. It's very simple. We-ha.com. Read us, you know, drop, them, drop us a note and uh, support our advertisers. They support us. Thanks for being here, Bob. Chip, what do you think is the big takeaway from this week? Um, I, I love listening to the history lesson. Obviously, I grew up through all this. I'm sure Bob and I remember the four cent stamps for mail way back in the 60s. But um, it's it's just wonderful to have a local publication like yours. And I'm sure that they're all over the country that the main purpose is to provide the good news and the different things that are going on in town. Again, nonpartisan and uh, just a place to go for that. So uh, kudos for that. It's just wonderful to, to have you on. And I, you know, I, I wish you all the best moving ahead. And I'm sure that I'm going to hear a whole lot more from different people here. Hopefully this podcast uh, goes outside of uh, here a lot and uh, people will check that out and see what things are all about here back in Erickson Chips neighborhood. Yeah, I think for me, the big takeaway is I love your positivity. I mean, especially your what you were talking about with the post office and AI. You know, tools are tools, and they're always going to change. They can always be used for either good or bad. And you can focus on the positivity. It's like, yes, you have to cover when a sewer main breaks, but also you cover all the positive things that go on in the community. And I don't think there's enough focus on that. People have to realize there's good wherever you look. You just have to be open to it. So I love that there's a site in, in West Hartford that focuses on that. You've been listening to the Success Showcase. You can catch us every episode at xvadio.com slash podcasts, the Apple Podcasts app, Google Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Amazon Music, Audible, and wherever you find podcasts. Remember, make this your best week ever and make next week even better. We'll see you then. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.